I can make a big impact even with what I already have in my own possession. I don't have to get another degree. I don't have to quit my job. I don't have to be the CEO of something. Uh, I don't have to be Shangri-La, Rendon in order to be able to do something great. It looks like we are live. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone, let me introduce Justin Tu. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin Tu is actually appointed as the Board of World Ultra Cycling Association. That was just very recent. And on top of that, he has been also conducting the Ultra Cycling Show, wherein he interviews very inspirational, badass ultra cyclists all over the world. He's a California Triple Crown Hall of Famer. He also biked 3,000 miles across America to raise funds and awareness to combat human trafficking in 2014 and during Ram 2015. He told me he actually raised over 100K thousand. Thank you so much for all the work, Justin. How you have all this time to do this, everything that I just said. <laughs> well, very similar as we were chatting about earlier and when I interviewed you, we found out very quickly that we have so much in common. <laughs> it's crazy. That is true. Um, actually, everyone, when uh, when Justin was interviewing me last time, I'm like, is this the man version of me? It looks like just me. <laughs> you see, he sounds like me. And then, you know, be- the main reason is not because of what exactly he's doing. It's more of why he's doing it. And I've been asking, like, why is he doing it? And that is actually why I'm interviewing Justin too, because I want to find out how is he building the ultra cycling community with a purpose. So Justin, walk me through about how come you have all this persona? Hmm. Um, is this how you have been? Was yeah, it because question. of cycling? Was it before cycling? Was it before? Hmm. Is it was it because of your upbringing? So I'm just curious, how did you become the way you are right now, Justin? So when did it start, yeah. you think? Did you know that you're this there's this different persona, Justin? Well, definitely not. I think just like all of us, you know, were born just like my one year old son now, and I'm watching him develop and he has no clue, but he's learning as he goes along. And I would premise all of this by saying I am originally from South Africa. I always think like that had something to do with it, at least in terms of broadening my perspective. I've experienced different things, you know, as an immigrant to the U.S. And my my parents were born and raised in South Africa as well, although my grandparents are from China. So I am Chinese. But I think just that interesting experience and upbringing a bit of a different culture, both with the South African culture, the Chinese culture, that has helped a lot. And then, of course, living in the San Francisco Bay Area for a long time, that has helped. And I think the access to opportunities in the Bay Area helped to give me those opportunities to try new things, to explore new things. You know, just being rubbing shoulders with people like even yourself, although we haven't met until recently, but I've met a lot of people like you in the Bay Area, going to schools there, you know, maybe my peers, friends, so on and so forth. And then, of course, in college, in the workplace. And then I think really the short answer to the question is it, it's all rooted in my faith as a Christian and just being connected in my local churches and then trying to meet needs and trying to have an impact on my local community and just thinking globally but acting locally. That's really what got me started and got me to the point where we are now 
you know, you interviewing me and me even having a story to share. Sure. So when you actually, for example, when you started doing ultra cycling, did you know what the purpose of why you started ultra cycling in back in 2011? Mm -hmm. Because that was the yeah. global century. Like perfect what, question. your friends, what got you into it? Yeah, perfect question. I'm glad you asked that one. No, to be honest, my older brother was the one that got me into cycling. I grew up as a runner. So, okay. you know, shout out to all the runners uh, watching now. <laughs> and that was always my first love and passion. I was on the track and field team and the cross country team. I was the team captain through high school. And it wasn't until I got into college, my older brother wanted to get into triathlon. So shout out to all the triathletes, of course, <laughs> a lot of love for all of you. Yes. And so as part of the University of California at Davis, uh, we both joined the triathlon team. And that's when I gotcha. bought my first entry-level specialized bicycle and learned how to bike. I felt really awkward wearing those bicycling shorts and everything. I even remember falling over the first time because... <laughs> I forgot I was clipped in. I'm sure many of us have that same experience and story. And that's kind of how I got into biking. And I was just really following in the tracks of my, my older brother. And I thought this would be cool to do together. But um, yeah, for the first two years, I didn't do any double centuries while I was in college between uh, 2008 and 10. And my brother was starting to get involved with the double century series. There's um, about 30 or so of them in California. So we have the largest community of double century races, which is awesome. If you haven't participated, definitely check it out. And uh, my brother was doing that for the first two years. I didn't have time. I was so focused on school. I did make it a point to graduate in two years with my four-year yep, bachelor's degree in computer science. And <laughs> so after I graduated, you know, just like anybody, I started a new job. After I got over the learning curve, I wanted to find a work-life balance. And I thought, hmm, what should I start doing again? I was doing a lot of strength <laughs> training through those two years, but I wasn't doing much uh, running or cycling or swimming. And I thought, hmm, I still have that bicycle. Let me pick that up again. Just started biking about 10, 12 miles, a couple times a week, literally. There you go. And after um, a few months, my brother said, hey, you want to do a double century before yeah. I move off and go to medical school? And I thought, I mean, <laughs> what I have to lose, worst case scenario, I just stop. And so I did two 50 mile rides and then the next weekend I, I was doing my first miles. double century. <laughs> yeah. What was your uh, first double century? Do you remember? Bass Lake Powerhouse. Bass Lake. I know favorites. that Bass Lake. Yeah. Awesome. Starts yeah, in Fresno, goes through beautiful. the Sierras. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. You know, a f decently challenging course, but um, mm -hmm. compared to other ones, it's like moderate. Yeah. But I remember the day before starting that event, I came down with a fever. I was so sick, the most sick I've ever been. And because we were poor college students, we thought we would just camp out at an RV site. Turned out that RV site didn't really have a grass patch. So we were like, we had pitched a tent the night before it was raining. It was, uh, it was just, it, you know, uh, That's called adventure. Movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't sure I would even make it through that night sure. alive, just sleeping, let alone start a 200 mile bicycle ride. Yeah. But I thought, hey, you know, worst case, I just get to the starting line. If I could do one mile, I'll do that. If I could do 10 miles, if I could do hundred miles, ended up being a really difficult day after, after about 50 miles, I felt like I, I just, I couldn't keep going anymore. And I remember slowing down to like three miles per hour, uh, going <laughs> down a slight, uh, well, it was actually a false, uh, climb, but long story short, I made it through. 
Yeah. And, you know, after you make it through something with that kind of experience, you just start thinking in your mind after you're recovered after a week or two, you're like, hmm, if I was able to do that with hardly any training, with all the odds stacked against me, being as sick as I've ever been, imagine if I wasn't sick, imagine if I trained a little, imagine if X, Y, and Z happened. Yeah. How worse can it be after what you've already experienced? Something that until now you still remember. And that was back in 2011, 10 years forward, you still remember. And guess what? On 2014, you actually raised over 100K, $1,000 to bring awareness to combat human trafficking. Is that right? Is that, and you call this one, is this the website 821? Yeah. So the campaign that I put together was the 821 um, A21 across America. Okay. And it was 3,000 miles following the exact same race across America route, which goes okay. from Oceanside to Annapolis, Maryland. Except I started in Costa Mesa, which is yep. nearby there in Southern California. And the reason I did that is because the organization I was supporting, the anti human trafficking organization, is called the A21 campaign. They've gotcha. since renamed to just A21. Their US headquarters is based there in Costa Mesa. So I chose to start there and I ended up finishing at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., which was all symbolic of the general notion of freedom, of course, for for, uh, modern day slavery, uh, labor trafficking, sex trafficking. But also for me, and tying this back into your original question about my motivation and my beginnings, I was really writing for this, the more general and broad concept of freedom um, as, as a Christian, as a man of faith. Um, just thinking about, you know, what is my purpose here on earth really for? And so this was just one way that I was signing up to to help my local community, to help people who are less fortunate than myself. And just with the talents and passions that I have possessed, you know, through the years and have developed. And I thought at the beginning, prior to doing this, you know, I have a bicycle. I'm privileged to own a bicycle. I'm privileged to be able to do some training you know, what can I do with this, given that I already have it? And it's not like I necessarily changed anything um, external from me. I didn't, you know, quit my job to do this. I didn't, you know, um, I didn't sign up for some kind of training program or something. I just uh, took a few extra steps and was just a little more intentional about things I was doing every day, every week already. And um, I think the biggest changes that were happening were internally inside of myself in terms of my perspective, my paradigm of what is possible. And although, you know, as somebody uh, going to church every Sunday, sitting in the same pews and seats as everyone else, as the same as the person, just like everyone else getting on their bike every morning and training, going out riding, like we all have the the capability and the potential to do something like biking across America, raising significant amount of funds for causes that we care about. And The A21 campaign for me and A21 across America was just my first step and my first platform that I created for myself. It gave me the the experience of what is possible in anybody's life and even my own life. And so from that point forward, needless to say, you know, what is not possible after you do something like this? Yeah. So with that experience, what are the top two things that you learned? Because I read that you did learned a lot, I'm sure, for 21 days across the country. Holy cow. I mean, I always think every ultra event is a lifetime in itself. So just think of riding. It ended up being 18 days of riding, about 180 miles average for most days. 
And I did it in 21 days total representative of the A21 campaign. I learned so much, not just through the bicycle ride itself, because as people who have done the Race Across America as well, or any big ultra event, we know that the most difficult thing is not necessarily completing the 3,000 miles or completing you know, the DECA Ironman or the record that you did. It's really about getting to the starting line, you know? Like I always like to say race across America, 3000 miles, but how about the 30,000 miles of training beforehand, all the months, maybe years, maybe it's a lifetime of preparation, mentally, physically, logistically. And so I learned a lot, um, through the whole call it campaign of working with my local community to raise awareness, to raise the funds. And I think I learned just like my last answer, a lot about myself that I can make a big impact even with what I already have in my own possession. I don't have to get another degree. I don't have to quit my job. I don't have to be the CEO of something. Uh, I don't have to be Shangri-La, Rendon in order to be able to do something great. You can win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, because what we have is we, we are perfect as it is. And a lot of people that they need to like get the degree before they can actually think that, hey, I can make an impact. And mm-hmm. to you, that's not the case. You basically just executed it. You know, as you said last earlier, is that, yeah, there's a lot of things that happen before the start date. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not just about the sports. I mean, you're working, right? And you have your family. So you have to also yep. manage your time on that sense. Is that correct? Because that you're going to be yeah, gone exactly. for 21 days. <laughs> that's big. So yeah, that's exactly does that right. says a lot with your time management as well. I mean, you graduated your degree in computer science in UC Davis for two years. Who does that? <laughs> I thought the more the longer in school, the better. <laughs> but you did it in two years. I mean, well, going back, sorry. So the Across America that you did, were you at 28 years old then? Or was it 2000? When I did that, 2014, I was 24 years old. 24 years old. <laughs> I don't know. How old are you now? <laughs> wow. So you, know, you were now, 24 yeah. years old that back in 2014. That is mm-hmm. so amazing. I started as an ultra cyclist when I was uh, 20. Well, 20, you could say 21. Okay. Yeah. So I was definitely the youngest and still, quite frankly, at 31 now, decade later, I still am one of the younger guys on on any double century event, but especially when I was in my early 20s, I, I mean, there was hardly anybody else, definitely no one else in their 20s, um, a handful of people in their early 30s. So I learned a, a, a lot through that, of course, and kind of getting back to your last question real quick, because you did ask yeah. for two things that I learned and it kind of ties yes. in. One of the big things that I learned for myself is what is my real passion and purpose, Mm -hmm. um, just as a human being. And then of course, as a Christian, and through that, I ended up starting a nonprofit organization and many other things. And all of that, the underlying theme was simply my purpose, I believe is to build community by empowering people. And that could mean a lot of things for many people. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us can adopt a similar kind of purpose or mission in life. And so for me, it's like, what could I do to just empower one person? And through that, building community. So me being a cyclist, me being a business person, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about empowering people like my wife, like my son, my family, people that I interview on my podcast, 
people in, in the workplace. And then through that, I believe somehow I'll be able to make that larger community change and impact. Okay. So when you wake yeah. up, actually, that's like, I want to empower. That's more of like, well, what is it about? What can I do for my wife, for my my son, Nolan, baby Nolan. Yeah, so exactly. wow, that's amazing. You mentioned about the nonprofit. So tell me more about the nonprofit. Well, the nonprofit, the name came from originally, it's different now. It was called Project What Extent. Okay. And it actually still kind of exists, but it's a little hidden I on the interwebs. Yeah. And the campaign that's name right. 2014, when I did 821 Across America, it was called Project What Extent. And the whole idea there was, what extent will you go, or in the case, me, what extent will I go with what I have in my possession? Because I'm just like anyone else. I'm at a certain stage of my life. I have certain talents. I have certain possessions, material things, uh, all the experience, you know, a certain job. I live in a certain place. So my question to everyone viewing and watching and listening is, you know, what extent will you go with where you are, with what you have, with what experience you have, whatever fitness level you are, you know, whatever ambitions you've had, whatever results you've achieved, what extent will you go? And that was the overarching theme. So as part of that campaign, we captured a lot of video stories mm. of a variety of people. Uh, there was a wrestler, there was a baseball yeah. player, there was a chef, um, you know, there's someone like myself, a music producer, so on and so That's forth. Amazing. And the overarching theme there in every story was, you know, here's my, here's where I am. Here's the obstacles that I face, but here is the extent that I will go because it is my passion. I believe it's my purpose. Good. Awesome. So the next thing that I wanted to ask you is about your service as a volunteer, as a board of World Ultra Cycling Association. Yeah. How is the life of being the board of this big <laughs> organization? Yeah, well, I'd say it's a small, big organization. It, it is an organization that is governing and sanctioning records and events for ultra cycling worldwide. So it definitely has a global impact. And people that have sat on the board, have been uh, president of the board, are it's a small close-knit family, just like any ultra sport is. And we all know each other. And a lot of these people have achieved many world records, Guinness World Records. Uh, the World Ultra Cycling Association is abbreviated WUCA, W-U-C-A. Mm-hmm. And we sanction a lot of records. So many ultra cycling athletes hold a WUCA uh, record. And it's great to connect with people all across the world because the board is represented by people who reside in in the US, in Europe, uh, in other countries. And the whole idea is how can we empower ultra cycling as a sport and grow the sport globally, just like the UCI would, just like USA Cycling would, USA Triathlon, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, this is our newly revamped website Mm -hmm. and people who are interested can find a lot of information about ultra cycling in general. They could find out about how to sign up for and prepare for setting a cycling record, which I believe is anything over 60 miles is what we sanctioned. And it's a pretty easy process. It's been very popular through the pandemic, as you can imagine, because a lot of events have been canceled. So people have been turning looking uh, and, <laughs> looking and using, their, yeah, using their fitness that they already have for setting some great record. And so it's been great working with them. There's a lot in the pipeline, a lot that we're still ramping up. So stay tuned, but it's a very active, vibrant community. A lot of great people, I'm sure, just like in triathlons, 
that's one of the things that draws us all to the sport and keeps us in the sport. It's the people, it's the community. I do think the same, Um, especially if you're actually having an impact globally and you're having connection with this amazing people just were in before, at least to me, when I started my marathon, it's just like this own community, but when you know, you don't know what's out there. There's a lot of amazing people. So that's great. And I'm glad that you are actually appointed as the board of that organization. I wanted to know, because I know that you just accepted a job with Microsoft. <laughs> you have a baby. Yeah. You have this podcast show. You're a board in World Ultra Cycling Association. You're a husband. I mean, what else don't you not do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what uh, I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like I said, it's you right now. <laughs> so no, I want to ask you. So a lot of people have asked you, how many hours do you have, Justin? How can you do the things that you do? Like, give us an idea. Like, how do you start your day? Do you wake up and it's always the same thing every single day? Or do you plan first? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Mm. Like, Walk me through your day of an of an athlete like this who's wearing different <laughs> costumes here. Is it like that all the day? Yeah, really great question. I mean, if it was just over a year ago, I could have answered it better. But since I've had my son, and as any parent would know, especially of a, a toddler, yeah, <laughs> uh, that One really year. changes things. But I think, happy birthday! <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. As any ultra athlete would know, or as any athlete, quite frankly. Um, you roll with the punches, you, you learn how to make things work. Mm-hmm. Race across America, a lot of us like to say, you, got, you have to plan to not use your plan. And so you have to be adaptable. And I know even when you did your recent record, you had to make some adaptations and change things, but it's about um, being resilient, rising above and beyond the challenges and being able to figure out, being creative and just figuring out how to make things happen because things will happen and you will have setbacks in life, in a cycling event, in a cycling record, in a triathlon, whatever the case may be, you might get an injury, so on and so forth. But to your question, in the ideal day, I would like to wake up early so I could have time to think and do my own thing before my son wakes up and also in the evening. So I do find that I have to wake up early and sleep late, but For me, sleep is also very important, especially when I'm training for something big or doing a lot of training, because um, we know that if you're not recovering well, you're going to get an injury. So it's a point of diminishing returns to stay up too late. The biggest thing that I would say, just to kind of make this a short answer, is um, learn to be more productive. Mm. And I'll tie this into all of my different hats that I wear. I think one of the things that I've loved most about my progression in life to this point has been all my experience in software and also as a project manager, because through that, I've learned a lot of tools and processes, techniques, and things like that to help myself (laughs) to be more efficient. And I think that makes a big difference. And we all learn that. I mean, we're all project managers, no matter what position or company or what we're doing in our life, we all have to learn how to be efficient with our time and our tasks. Um, I would say something more practical that people watching can apply to their own life. I do a lot of indoor training, um, especially uh, since I've had my son. And I started doing a lot of indoor training when I was doing things like the Race Across America, training to bike cross in 2014 and 15, because Mm -hmm. I found I needed to do, for many reasons, I, I needed to do a lot of intervals. I needed to just spend a lot of time and every minute that I could save by not having to suit up essentially and go out into the wild to do my rides. I was saving a lot of time. 
But the biggest benefit of cycling indoors is having a, a table where you could have a laptop, you could, you know, have whatever you want materials to study, to read, to watch, to listen to. And so I learned, I, I think I've gotten pretty good at working while I train, even doing intervals. And I would say it's not the easiest thing to do and you can't always do it, but probably 90% of the time I am working while I'm training. And it kind of reminds me of David Goggins, who a lot of yeah. you would know, uh, you know, really famous ultra runner. And yeah. there's this quote that I love always sharing. And he said it, he said, I train when you sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you, well, for you, you train, you work while everyone's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you do like multitask. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So well, we're almost ending. I want to ask you uh, for any individuals, you know, like we saw how the many hats that you're wearing. And there are individuals who are sometimes they're unsure who they really are, or they are scared mm. to show who they are because they can be judged, mm. or they're they're unsure whether that let's say cycling across America is for them or an Ironman is for them because they're afraid of failure. But mm. then you also said it's not really the finish line, even just getting to the start and actually committing to it, it's already hard. So. Mm. For those individuals, the athletes who are actually watching this, either live or replay, what would what are the top three things that you can advise them, considering with all your experience, the way you are? Totally, yeah. Well, I would definitely say, first of all, connect with me. I'd love to empower you and help you more so. And also, um, follow the Ultra Cycling Show. There's not just myself, but a lot of other athletes, including yours truly, Shangri-La Rendon, who's <laughs> featured on there as well. I think you just need to stay connected with the right people. You know, it's uh, we're a byproduct of our environment, which includes the people we hang around, the things we listen to, the things we watch. And I myself through the show have found a lot of inspiration and it's kept me inspired to keep pushing the boundaries. Like when I interviewed Shangri-La, I just thought, wow, you know, I need to keep pushing boundaries, even as difficult as it has been with my son and all kinds of other things, work and investments and all of that, you know, I need to keep reaching forward. So have some role models. You could do that by following Shangri-La, all that you're doing. I know you're so active in the community uh, with other podcasts that you might connect with and be excited about. Um, That's very important as well. Just broadening your horizons and stepping outside of your comfort zone. I think another important thing is don't let the things you can't do keep you from doing what you can do and take those first steps, get that experience to give you a a concrete example from my life. I started double centuries. Again, I started just literally riding 10 miles, 12 miles on the same course in my local neighborhood when I graduated college just riding that two or three times a week. And then all of a sudden I did a couple of 50 mile rides with my brother. And then next thing you know, I did a 200 mile ride. Then I did a lot of 200 mile rides. Of course, I am in the California Triple Crown Hall of Fame. I was the youngest ever to be inducted into that for completing over 50 double centuries in a lifetime. And after that, 2013, I had an opportunity. It was a bucket list item, but I thought I'd never actually do it. I biked from San Francisco to LA. uh, And that particular ride was about 450 miles. I never thought I'd ever do something like that. I mean, let alone a 200 mile ride, but yet you do 200 and then all of a sudden you, you start seeing how, you know, 450 might be possible. Then I did that and I made it, it was challenging, you know, a lifetime in itself. But then after I did that, 
when the opportunity presented itself for me to bike 3,000 miles across America the next year in 2014, I thought, okay, this is really insane. But if it's about 180 miles a day, I mean, I know what 200 miles is like for one day. So I guess if I just train 20 times more, maybe I can make it or something. <laughs> and of course I did that 2014. It allowed me to qualify for the race across America. And I thought, okay, I just have to bike even faster and get fitter. But you know, what I'm saying is you just have to take it progressively. Along with that, you have to be patient, commit to the process, trust the process as you're putting in the miles, as you're following your coach's training plan, follow that and know that every pedal stroke you're taking, every stride you're, you're running, every arm stroke you're taking, it's making you that much stronger and fitter. And imagine if you do one extra one every single time compared to the person in the swim lane next to you, you're that much stronger and fitter and faster. Wow, that's big. Did you guys hear that? Are you guys taking notes? Because I am. Trust the process, commit to the process, be surrounded with these amazing people, follow his YouTube or just follow my YouTube or the show and be with the right people that would actually influence you. And the way he was progressing, well, you know, if I did that, then, you know, I guess I could do that. And then he basically started from 2011 from not even being able to do 200 miles, but he did it. And I'm amazed that he did, correct me if I'm wrong, but across America, uh, race, uh, cycling across America at 24 years old, and he became right. the youngest inducted for Hall of Famer in uh, California Triple Crown at 28 years old. Is that correct? So far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could have done now, it sooner if it wasn't for being so busy with biking across cool. America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then guess what? I mean, this person so humble so giving a leader now also a board of world ultra cycling association did you ever think that you would actually be working with christoph strasser who's also seven <laughs> times record holder yeah you know um hmm. i mean okay for those who don't know christoph strasser is the greatest ultra cyclist of our time he has he's the only male uh, champion of the race across america seven times and he holds the course record and the fastest average uh speed for crossing the country it was about seven days 15 hours and some change so really great guy of course i i i learned of him through my ultra cycling years um, never crossed my mind that i would ever meet him or anything like that i did actually meet him in 2015 at the starting line of the race across america of course he doesn't remember that but um we did end up connecting last year and he is now the co-host of the ultra cycling show. So it's been great to hear his perspectives, to hear the interviews that he conducts, because of course he's an elite athlete uh, at many levels. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing just to learn from him, to hear from him and just to see how humble he is. He's actually a really incredible guy for, you know, the greatest of anything in the world. You know, usually there's a lot of pride or arrogance or something along That's the uh, lines. Yeah. But he is just an incredible guy. So definitely follow him on his different social media channels. You'll, you'll be entertained and also enjoy just the great feats that he's going after. He holds other world records, like the 24 hour time trial records. There's three different ones, track, indoor and outdoor 
he's going for another one this year. So a lot of action to follow him with. Yeah, I never thought a lot of these things. I think like a lot of us, I started as a young 20 year old yeah. um, and, you know, doing 10 miles at a time. But again, you just take one step at a time. You just keep pushing the boundaries one inch further, one mile further. Just believe in yourself, find people in your life who believe in you and support you. I think that's a great way to kind of uh, end. It does take a village to raise a child. It takes a whole community to support amazing people like we all are, you know, to, to reach for our goals, to believe in us, because it does get difficult. You will need people to, to prop you up and to cheer you on, to keep you going. And we all know that in ultra cycling, especially the race across America, it's a, it's very much a team sport. And like they say, the team can't win it for you, but they can definitely lose it for you. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my God. Are you guys hearing all this? Oh my God. All right. Well, welcome, Wendell, Cree, Andrea, Mark. If you're listening, just hashtag live. Uh, and if you, this is a replay, hashtag replay. Ah, those are all good stuff. I know. I feel like hopping on the bike now. I got to use all this energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, before you hop on the bike, I am curious. Just last question. If there's anything beside your bike, what is this thing that you can't live without before we end it? I mean, I could give a cliche answer. I'd say God. I mean, without that supernatural motivation, purpose, passion, energy, some reason beyond myself and beyond the things around me here, um, it'd be difficult. You know, I would just do what everyone else is doing and I just give up. I would say it's very difficult to be a kind, generous, outward per people, community focused person, as we all know, especially if you lead any organization or you put yourself in the limelight because there's a lot of critics, there's a lot of difficulties, challenges. I would say this is a great way to end that embracing those challenges and not being afraid of them. You know, you have a decision, you could either avoid difficult situations, failure situations, or you could just choose to say, what's the worst that'll happen? Yes. You know, I was 20 years old, 21 years old when I did my first double century. I was as sick as anybody could ever be. I had not even barely biked 100 miles before in my life. And, you, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You're either, you're either courageous enough or at that early age, you're just dumb enough. So it's okay. <laughs> choose one or the other. I mean, if you're just, you know, totally ignorant and you have no idea what you're signing up for, just sign up for it. The worst case scenario is you just stop and then you're like, I'll come back again. <laughs> well, you got that experience wrapped around your head. You can't forget it. And yeah, uh, I exactly. totally agree with you with what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. Hey, you're still alive. Go for it. <laughs> All but right. The best well, thing, one thing, one thing, the best thing that yeah. can happen to you on the flip side to really motivate you if. is that one day you will sit in front of your webcam and be interviewed by Shangri-La. Oh, you are just so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Justin, as always. I'm so glad we got connected last year. As I said, you're like my mini me. <laughs> We're almost alike. Again, thank you so much. And I'm sure we will bring you in again. And for yeah. all those watching, everyone, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys have any questions or you want to get in touch with Justin too, he's very humble, giving, and just super talented. I don't know what else he doesn't do. We're going to put the links that I've shown you in this show and then so you can contact him. Anything awesome. else you want to add, Justin? See you in the next episode. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you again, Justin. Bye, Thank everyone. You.
Thank you. Yeah, everyone. Have a nice weekend.